Greetings from St Bride's Church, Fleet Street, here in the very heart of the City of London. We're delighted that you're tuning in to this podcast during the season of Epiphany. Do please leave a comment or a like, it's always good to hear from you. And if you'd like to donate to help support these online services, you'll find details of how to do so in the accompanying text. And now, may the light and peace of Christ be with you all as our worship begins. John the Baptist saw Jesus and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Welcome to St Bride's to our choral Eucharist on this the second Sunday of Epiphany. It's wonderful that you can join us online for this service. We begin now with our opening prayer. Let us pray. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you 
and worthily magnify your holy name, through Christ our Lord. Amen. The grace of God has dawned upon the world through our Saviour Jesus Christ, who sacrificed himself for us to purify a people as his own. Let us confess our sins. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour in thought and word and deed, through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault. We are truly sorry and repent of all our sins for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us. Forgive us all that is past and grant that we may serve you in newness of life to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy upon you, pardon and deliver you from all your sins, confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and keep you in life eternal, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We stand for the glory.
almighty God, in Christ you make all things new. Transform the poverty of our nature by the riches of your grace, and in the renewal of our lives, make known your heavenly glory. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. Listen to me, O coastlands, and hearken, you peoples from afar. The Lord called me from the womb, from the body of my mother he named my name. He made my mouth like a sharp sword, in the shadow of his hand he hid me. He made me a polished arrow, in his quiver he hid me away. And he said to me, You are my servant, Israel, in whom I will be glorified. But I said, I have laboured in vain, I have spent my strength for nothing and vanity, yet surely my right is with the Lord, and my recompense with my God. And now the Lord says, who formed me from the womb to be his servant, to bring Jacob back to him, and that Israel might be gathered to him, for I am honoured in the eyes of the Lord, and my God has become my strength, he says, It is too light a thing that you should be my servant, to raise up the tribes of Jacob, and to restore the preserved of Israel. I will give you as a light to the nations, that my salvation may reach to the end of the earth. Thus says the Lord, the Redeemer of Israel and his Holy One, to one deeply despised, abhorred by the nations, the servant of rulers, Kings shall see and arise, princes, and they shall prostrate themselves, because of the Lord who is faithful, the Holy One of Israel, who has chosen you. This is the word of the Lord.
A reading from the letter to the Corinthians. Paul, called by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus, and our brother Sosthenes, to the church of God, which is at Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints together, with all those who in every place call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, both their Lord and ours. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I give thanks to God always for you, because of the grace of God which was given you in Christ Jesus, that in every way you were enriched in him, with all speech and all knowledge, even as the testimony to Christ was confirmed among you, so that you are not lacking in any spiritual gift, as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will sustain you to the end, guiltless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful, by whom you were called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. This is the word of the Lord.
Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. John the Baptist saw Jesus coming towards him and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who ranks before me, for he was before me. I myself did not know him, but for this I came baptizing with water, that he might be revealed to Israel. And John bore witness. I saw the Spirit descend as a dove from heaven, and it remained on him. I myself did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and have borne witness that this is the Son of God. The next day again John was standing with two of his disciples, and he looked at Jesus as he walked and said, Behold the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. Jesus turned and saw them following and said to them, What do you seek? And they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, Come and see. They came and saw where he was staying, and they stayed with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. One of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his brother Simon and said to him, We have found this, the Messiah, which means Christ. He brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, So you are Simon, the son of John. You shall be called Cephas, which means Peter. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the living God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. The actor David Suchet, famous for his portrayal of Agatha Christie's Hercule Poirot, tells a really interesting story about his first ever encounter with his future wife, the actress Sheila Ferris. They were both appearing at the Belgrade Theatre in Coventry, and he describes how the moment he set his eyes on her, a woman he'd never met before and who, uh, about whom he knew absolutely nothing, she was a complete unknown, but the moment he set his eyes on her, he knew without any shadow of a doubt that this was the woman he was destined to marry, as proved to be the case. They were married in 1976 and since then have enjoyed many decades of wedded bliss. What on earth are we to make of a story like that, which seems to defy all rational explanation? Was it simply luck or coincidence? or the ultimate example of wish fulfilment, that David Suchet saw a woman and was so determined to marry her that he ensured that he did and fortunately did so very happily. Or was there something else going on there? 
something to do with a particular kind of profound recognition that goes far deeper than our own rather limited and all too human attempts to make sense of the world around us and to make the right decisions upon that basis. You see, there have been some occasions in my own life when that kind of sudden and dramatic recognition has happened to me too. And in my own experience, far from representing some form of wish fulfillment combined with good luck, they are generally the exact opposite of that. Let me illustrate what I mean. I was serving my curacy in Oxford Diocese in the late 1980s, and I was firmly committed to a life spent in parish ministry, to the extent that in those days, I was pretty scathing about the kind of clergy who do a first curacy, then turn their backs on parish life and slope off into some cushy academic job or some sector ministry of some kind. At the time, my spouse had just been appointed to a university lectureship in Birmingham, so I knew that my next post would be in a Birmingham parish. And the then Bishop of Birmingham invited me to an interview to think about possible openings within that diocese. But rather than talking about parish jobs, where I could serve in a parish church, as I'd been expecting and hoping, he told me instead that I ought to think about applying for a post that was about to come up, lecturing on the staff of a theological college. I was rather disappointed and absolutely certain that it wasn't for me, because I was clear that mine was a parish-based ministry, as I made clear to him. So I was actually very surprised when a couple of weeks after that, an application pack for that same lecturing post arrived through the post from me, totally unsolicited on my part. I put it to one side, having no intention of applying for it, but it sat on my desk looking at me over the next couple of weeks until on a sudden whim I thought, what the heck, filled it in, added a covering letter which carefully listed all the reasons I could think of as to why they should not appoint me, and I submitted it. There were over 40 applicants for that particular job, so it is little short of miraculous that they decided to shortlist me and invite me for interview. I arrived at the appointed time, full of doubts and reservations about whether this was the right kind of thing. I arrived, I stepped over the threshold of an institution that I'd never visited before and knew very little about, to be interviewed for a job that I was certain I didn't want, and yet, as I entered the building, I knew without any shadow of a doubt that this was my job and that this was the place where I was called to be, as indeed proved to be the case. I was appointed to that post, and over the following years, I never doubted for a nanosecond that I was in the right place. I loved the job. I loved the students. I believed in the institution and in what it was trying to achieve. And in many, many ways, it was the making of me at that early stage in my ministry. I learned so much at a time when I had so much to learn. You will perhaps understand why in the example I've just given from my own life, that experience of sudden and dramatic recognition was for me the very opposite of wish fulfillment wish fulfillment because I didn't actually want the job at all. Every fibre of my being told me that it wasn't the right thing and it wasn't for me. Until that is, I actually went there 
and for some irrational and inexplicable reason, I knew the second I arrived that it was where I needed to be. And I should add that I'm the very last person on earth to be guided by my gut feelings, quite the opposite. I'm one of those people who normally, whose approach to life is normally, emphatically, let's review all the options rationally and then come to a sensible decision on the basis of the hard evidence. So I simply cannot explain that kind of experience at all. I can only testify to the fact that it unquestionably happens. I've given you one example from my own life. There have been many others too. In this morning's gospel reading, John the Baptist describes how words previously spoken to him by God suddenly and dramatically come to life when the Spirit of God descends upon Jesus at his baptism. In that instant, the earthly and the heavenly come together. There is revelation, there is recognition. And the following day, seeing Jesus walking nearby, John proclaims to the two disciples who are with him, behold, the Lamb of God. And what do those disciples do? Unquestioningly, unhesitatingly, they leave what they are doing, drop everything and follow him. Not because anyone has told them to, not because they were expecting to do so, but simply because they have an overwhelming inner compulsion to do that. They have glimpsed that truth and they have glimpsed it for themselves. And interestingly, it's a recognition that goes both ways in our gospel reading. Andrew, one of those two men, subsequently takes his brother Simon to meet Jesus. And on that occasion, it is Jesus who, on meeting him for the first time, says, So, you are Simon, the son of John. You shall be called Cephas, which means Peter. The name means a rock or a stone. Jesus sees him and instantly recognises him and names him as one of his own. Which is why true recognition of the kind I've been describing is a moment when, in situations, usually when we least expect it, our lives suddenly and dramatically coincide in some way with the purposes of God. They are moments when we are offered a gift of God and are able to see it for what it is and understanding the overwhelming need for us to grasp it, even when it's the very last thing that we were expecting or that we would want or that we were hoping for, which is why such moments can be so very difficult to explain or to justify or even to describe adequately to other people, to those who haven't experienced it for themselves. It's just that sometimes God knows us better than we know ourselves which should come as no surprise. The important thing is never to let such moments pass us by. Hence our need to be attentive, to be ready to recognise and to receive God's gifts when they appear before us. That is why somewhere at the heart of all of this, prayer has a hugely important part to play. Prayer, properly understood, should never be regarded as an occasional activity which is only to be used as a last resort in moments of absolute crisis. On the contrary, properly understood, prayer is a way of life. 
a way of life that enables us to develop that skill of attentiveness. And the more attentive we are, the more likely we are to experience such moments of true recognition and the less prone we shall be to allow them to pass us by. Because that kind of attentiveness, that kind of recognition, brings with it a glimpse of eternity. It may be fleeting, but it is nevertheless profoundly real. A glimpse of eternity, a glimpse of God. One of the best known poems by the priest and poet R.S. Thomas is called The Bright Field. And it expresses perfectly and beautifully that kind of encounter with the divine. It goes like this. I have seen the sun break through to illuminate a small field for a while and gone my way and forgotten it. But that was the pearl of great price, the one field that had the treasure in it. I realise now that I must give all that I have to possess it. Life is not hurrying on to a receding future, nor hankering after an imagined past. It is the turning aside, like Moses, to the miracle of the lit bush, to a brightness that seemed as transitory as your youth once but is the eternity that awaits you. Attentiveness, recognition, and a readiness to seize the moment and act upon it. When we are able and willing to align our lives with the purposes of God, however unexpectedly, a whole new life, a whole new kind of life can begin to unfold bringing with it riches of a kind that far exceed all that we could possibly desire or deserve. And thanks be to God for that. Amen. Let us now stand and affirm our faith in the words of the Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made, for us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate from the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again, in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified,
who have spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty, eternal God, we pray for stillness in our minds and hearts as we offer our humble prayers to you this day. We give thanks for the freedom to worship within the walls of this house of prayer. Immortal God, who sent his only Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, to unite all peoples so that they may live in peace and prosperity, accept our praise and thanks for the creation of your wondrous world. Help us all to play our part in protecting your world against the excesses of power, greed, and disproportionate wealth. Through the teachings of your Son, help us always to be mindful of his presence, to love one another. Help us to reach out in whatever way we can to love and help our neighbours as he commanded us all to do. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray that the prayers of the people of Ukraine, who have continued to put their faith in your goodness and mercy, be answered and they be comforted. We pray that hostilities against them will cease. We pray for all humanity now suffering in the areas where war and conflict have overtaken their daily lives, bringing fear and hunger and loss of life. May those affected in this terrible way feel the power of your love and care and that their faith will sustain them against the powers of evil men. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray also for victims of oppression, those fellow members of the human races that are without their basic rights, refugees and others deprived of their homes and families, unable to feed themselves sufficiently and be protected from the elements. Through the power of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit, give these men, women and children courage that their needs will be fulfilled. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Finally, we continue our prayers for those who are suffering illness and who feel isolated at this time. Those among them who are known to us on our prayer list and others from our congregation here at St. Brides, especially Emmanuel and Peter. May they be given grace and comfort in their darkest hours. Our prayers are offered for those who have died, especially those 
who have lost their lives covering events in war zones and the voluntary aid helpers in Ukraine. We reach out to those who grieve, praying that they will find strength to withstand their sorrow, putting faith in your grace and forgiveness. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Merciful Father, accept, accept these prayers, prayers for, for the sake, sake of your Son, our, our Saviour, Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ. Amen. Will you please stand? Our Saviour Christ is the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there shall be no end. The peace of the Lord be always with you.
Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we have this bread to offer, which earth has given and human hands have made. It will become for us the bread of life. Blessed be God forever. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we have this wine to offer, fruit of the vine and work of human hands. It will become our spiritual drink. Blessed be God forever.
Accept our praises, Heavenly Father, through your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. And as we follow his example and obey his command, grant that by the power of your Holy Spirit, these gifts of bread and wine may be to us his body and his blood. Who, in the same night that he was betrayed, took bread and gave you thanks. He broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup and gave you thanks. He gave it to them, saying, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. Therefore, Heavenly Father, we remember his offering of himself made once for all upon the cross. We proclaim his mighty resurrection and glorious ascension. We look for the coming of his kingdom, and with this bread and this cup, we make the memorial of Christ, your Son, our Lord. Great is the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Accept through him our great high priest, this our sacrifice of thanks and praise. And as we eat and drink these holy gifts in the presence of your divine majesty, renew us by your spirit, inspire us with your love, and unite us in the body of your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Through him and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, with all who stand before you in earth and heaven, we worship you, Father Almighty, in songs of everlasting praise. Blessing and honour and glory and power be yours forever and ever. Amen. Let us pray with confidence as our Saviour has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. We break this bread to share in the body of Christ. Though we are many, we are one body, because we all share in one bread. Draw near with faith. Receive the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he gave for you, and his blood, which he shed for you. Eat and drink in remembrance that he died for you, and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving. We do not presume to come to this your table, merciful Lord, trusting in our own righteousness, but in your manifold and great mercies, 
We are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under your table. But you are the same Lord, whose nature is always to have mercy. Grant us, therefore, gracious Lord, so to eat the flesh of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, and to drink his blood, that our sinful bodies may be made clean by his body, and our souls washed through his most precious blood, and that we may evermore dwell in him, and he in us. Let us pray. 
God of glory, you nourish us with your word, who is the bread of life. Fill us with your Holy Spirit, that through us the light of your glory may shine in all the world. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, we thank you for feeding us with the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him we offer you our souls and bodies to be a living sacrifice. Send us out in the power of your Spirit to live and work to your praise and glory. Amen. the Son of God, perfect in you the image of his glory, and gladden your hearts with the good news of his kingdom, and the blessing of God Almighty, 
the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen. Go in the peace of Christ.